It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Ugh. Sadness is in the house! Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. This, my friends, is Access Atlanta. It's a new podcast that shares the best things to do, see, eat, and experience. AJC Access Atlanta is sponsored by Northside Hospital Cancer Institute, built to beat cancer. Hi, this is Shane Harrison. I'm here with Jill Vanoska, one of our staff writers here. Um, She's written many things about many different things over the years here. Uh, Right now, she's sort of our specialist in Jimmy Carter, and you'll hear more about that in the coming weeks. But today, she's here to talk about something a little Mm -hmm. different. Uh, So what did you bring us this week, Jill? I brought you the inside story on the heavy hitters, who you may know are the drumline, who are out at Atlanta Braves games. Right. I, like many people, am fascinated by them and had a lot of questions about them, so I got answers to them. Yeah, so you went and actually saw auditions, right? I did. This started last summer. This is how long ago it started. I Like a lot of reporters at the AJC, I spent a lot of time out at the Battery and SunTrust last season because it was opening. And the heavy hitters perform about three times before games out on the Battery. And then they perform inside the stadium during games and on weekends. They stay after games and perform. They play the giant drum inside the stadium under the scoreboard. And so I became fascinated. They were, last year, they were all young men, probably in their 20s and 30s. And they're fabulous drummers. And they had great nicknames on the back of their Braves uniforms. And I said, I have to get the inside story on this. Yeah, cool. Yeah, this, it's like the... Games now, uh, we, we recently talked to uh, one of our other writers about uh, Hawks games and how they become, you know, an entertainment thing. It's not just about the game anymore. Um, so this is sort of part of that that phenomenon. Yeah, and it also, but it's a really um, interesting and unique Atlanta thing because, as you know, drumming and drum lines, or some people may not know, Um, are, as I said, both high art form and pop culture here in Atlanta. I mean, both drumline movies were set in Atlanta and they were filmed here. And so many high schools and colleges have great drumlines. They perform in things like the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. And a lot of 
drummers, you know, play professionally now that there's so much music and, and movie and TV production here. So you have to be pretty darn good yeah. to make um, the what's essentially the Braves drum line. And last summer when I was talking to the captain of the team, he started telling me, about the auditions they have in February and teasing me and telling me, you have to come try out, you have to come try out. Well, I didn't try out, but I went (laughs) and I sat through a day of it and it's fascinating. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that it's like it was all uh, these young men, but that's sort of changing, right? Yeah, there are, um, spoiler alert, um, (laughs) two women made um, the heavy hitters this year. What The way it worked is there were two days of preliminary auditions, and you could go to one or the other. And, of course, the one I went to, none, no women showed up to try out. So afterwards, they told me two women made the drumline, and so I'm sort of fascinated because I haven't met them yet. Um, and I believe in the past there was one woman on there and didn't return after the one year she did it. But this year they have two, and so and they were looking – this year's squad is going to be 24 hitters, heavy hitters, and um, there's about 10 that play at each game because it's it's a long day, and so they kind of rotate them in and out. So, so they brought back 15 from last year's squad, um, were invited back, so they did not have to try out, and then they found nine more great drummers and I sat through at least I mean there were 25 the day I went there so it tells you the high level competition there is for this yeah wow well so this is you know it's it's sort of entertainment but I guess it's also sort of a way to get the fans excited about oh I don't know if you've been on the battery when it happens but they come marching out from one of the gates and start I mean you to make the heavy hitters they they have, a, I mean, there are great drummers in Atlanta. And as the entertainment manager of the Braves said for me, he said, I would have a, rather have a really good drummer who's a great entertainer than a fabulous drummer who just stands there and plays the drums. Because, I mean, they have sort of like, some of them have spaghetti arms and legs and they dance and fly around. And there's people who play the cymbals and there's four different types of drums they play. And the Braves, you know, cheer. The Tomahawk team comes along with them. And this year there's a breakdance squad. There's an eight member breakdance squad. So they perform on the battery. And as they pointed out to me, they said, last year we discovered the battery is just like this fabulous canvas for us to work on. Because they used to have to be pretty much, if you think of a Turner Field. Right. They kind of were able to perform in the plaza inside the gates. So, I mean, people can see the heavy hitters now, you know, outside on the battery and not even go to a Braves game. Right. Because, you know, they perform two or three times before each game. Right. Um, so it's it's pretty fascinating to, to watch them. Yeah. So it's almost like a – it's like, you know, baseball doesn't have cheerleaders. No. So this is sort of – Kind of a cheerleader in many ways. It, it really like. is. It really is. As, you know, Bowser, whose name is Anthony Aiken, who's the captain of the heavy hitters, said to me, he said, and it wasn't cheesy the way he said it, he said, we really are brand ambassadors for the Braves. Yeah. You know, we are out there to meet people. So one of the things they got judged on in the auditions was they'd kind of 
encourage them to move around. And at one point, you know, you would play individually in your audition on whatever drum you chose to play. And then periodically there'd be like a signal given out. And some of the current heavy hitters, the veterans, as I call them, they all showed up for the audition and they would go pick up other drums and cymbals and start playing along with this poor guy who was auditioning. (laughs) (laughs) They'd kind of come up behind him because they wanted to see, can they roll? I mean, because they have routines, but then they have like call and response things. They have sort of challenge things and sometimes little kids or other fans will get very excited and start dancing yeah. around them so they want them to be able to interact with them too so they were judging them on all of that too their personality and their ability to move around and all of that yeah well it sounds fascinating and what else uh what else did you did you talk to uh you talked to some of the auditionees or i talked to some of the audi- i mean i didn't get a chance to talk to them as much because it was a little bit like Miss Universe. I mean, they came in and it was in the chop house, which was yeah. fascinating. And so, you know, it's the first time I ever got into the chop house without having to wait online, which was kind of nice. But they, you know, kind of greeted them at the beginning and then they took them all upstairs somewhere and they would bring them down one by one. And then when they were done, they would kind of send them out because, like I said, they would throw some impromptu things at them. So I think they didn't want anyone to really know that much about it. Um you know, I've talked to some of the veteran members and, um, you know, it's about, you know, the jobs they have. Most of them have full-time jobs. Right. You know, they do this too. Um, one guy was in drumline. He said to me, I got a lot of camera time. <laughs> um, I, I found out some really fun facts. Oh, here's a really interesting thing. There's a the same way in baseball, you know, there's certain cities or countries you go to where there's all these great right. major league players. There is a school in Atlanta, Tri-Cities High School in East Point. Um, it's sort of like the feeder ground right. for the heavy hitters. 17 of them have been heavy hitters since wow. the squad basically just first formed in 2004. And Bowser is a graduate from there, so he's very <laughs> proud. And he said at one point, when there were 25 guys on the squad, 13 of them had gone to Tri-Cities. Wow. So, you know, there's a real – it's kind of like there's a real – pride in this and they rev each other up one of my favorite things on the auditions that nobody really expected was that if you've ever if anybody's ever gone um and seen them on the battery one of the routines they do is a certain point besides playing drums they pull out um a bunch of plastic buckets and ladders and Mm -hmm. other things that you could get at home depot i believe home depot sponsors this part of the routine but everything But they play them instead of drums, and it is amazing and fabulous. So what would happen in the audition is there's four different types of drums that they play and cymbals, and they would an auditioner would come in and they'd say, pick the two drums you want to play for us. And they would sort of riff and do routines and everything. And then they'd say to them, okay, go pick up that orange bucket over there. And they'd turn it over, and they'd make these guys show what they could do on a bucket. And some of the things you saw was was the most fascinating things. It, when you go to one of these, you notice that there are four different types of drums and cymbals that they play. And to be a heavy hitter, you have to be able to play all five yeah. of these. I mean, most of them specialize in one, like the snare drum or the bass drum, which mm-hmm. is what I would play, which is the giant one you just right. wear around your neck. Yeah. Um, but the guy can really dance who plays that one. But, you know, as they said, sometimes somebody's sick 
or you know their job keeps them and so they can't make that that night and then you they want the same way if you're on the Braves and you have to be able to fill in at shortstop one day and third base the next day they want somebody to be able to play the snare drum one day the cymbals the next day so that was why at the audition sometimes they would tell you to pick the two you wanted to play but sometimes they'd have you pick up a third and have you play that which I found really interesting so these people are good well thanks for bringing us this story and uh, you're going to hear um, Joe Vanoska's uh, story on the Braves heavy hitters right now. Stage name Bowser. I am the captain of the Atlanta Braves Heavy Hitters. My official title is the Game Entertainment Supervisor. Uh, I've been a member of the line since about 2010, and it has been the best job of my life. All right. So, um, so we're here at the auditions, and the people coming in today haven't are not currently members of the Heavy Hitters. Mm-hmm. So, tell me what you're looking for. So we are always looking for energetic people. Obviously, uh, drum talent would be wonderful, but we're more so looking for people that are able to entertain. Uh, when people come to Braves Country, we like to make sure they can have a show that they will remember. So having an outstanding personality, having outstanding skills, and being a very good people person, because we are brand ambassadors for the Braves, it's a wonderful set of the skills to have, I guess you could say. And, um you have five different types of drums mm-hmm. and other equipment that get played <laughs> by the heavy hitters. So what will you be, you'll be trying them out on, everybody has to, you told me everybody has to be able to play everything, right? Mm-hmm. So Correct. Um, tell me why that is. So we like to call people all-rounders and what it is is you may come in one day and somebody may not be scheduled that plays that particular instrument. So we need you to be, to be proficient enough to play it. Or it could be a scenario where we'd like to put you out in a zone where you may not be comfortable. So we'll put you out to do a fan interactive segment against a fan. And when you're doing this, you're going to be challenging yourself because you're going to be sitting here trying to showcase your best skill, but also make it interesting for the fan. So we always like to make sure people have a nice wheelhouse of skills because we may use you for anything. And tell me how you got into drumming. Uh, back in 2001, when I moved here from Denver, Colorado, I went to Camp Creek Middle School and I was signing up for band class and the band director noticed I kept staring at the drumsticks because I played trumpet at the time. He was like, son, do you want to play drums? And I was like, uh, yeah. And so he just gave me a chance and here I am years later. Just I, I can't remember a time where I don't have sticks in my hands now, basically. So it's,
drumming tradition. So talk to me about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, it's, it's really deeply rooted into the culture. You know, the uh, Falcons had a line, the Hawks had a line, uh, Atlanta Dream had a line. You know, we, it's a beautiful thing. It's something that, like, you know, the Drumline movies they were filmed here, uh, it, it's, it's a very powerful thing in Atlanta. Drums speak to people, you know. It, it's a part of, it's, well, it's, it's a language, basically. And it's something that it doesn't matter where you're from, you can understand it and you can feel it. So it's just a great thing to have in the city. And isn't there a high school in Atlanta that kind of you get a lot of the heavy hitters from? Uh, yes, my high school, uh, Tri-Cities High School in East Point, Georgia. It's a performing arts high school, and it is a magical place. I love it. How many drummers would you say for the drum line have come from there, from the heavy hitters? In the history of the heavy hitters, there's been around, I'll say around maybe 17 of us and at one time when the line was 25 people it was 13 of us at one time mm-hmm. um, so it's kind of like the minor leagues for the Braves heavy hitters <laughs> yeah, yeah that's a perfect way to describe <laughs> it's it mm-hmm. the Gwinnett, not the Gwinnett Braves the, uh, the uh, what are they the are they Stripers called? the Stripers very good Bowser yeah. now speaking of Bowser mm-hmm. tell us how people get their names when they become members of the heavy hitters so when you are auditioning we are watching characteristics when i joined the line i was almost 300 pounds and i had really short dreads they're about the size of some cheetos and so uh the captain was just like man you look like bowser from mario and so we're going to call you bowser and i was like okay <laughs> you know you, your line is your name is given to you when you join the line and i, I, I like you so I just kept it all this time, and here I am, Bowser, nine years later. And I would like to say for the podcast that he does not weigh 300 pounds. No, <laughs> no, no. He's no. great. Great shape. <laughs> and can you, isn't there a theme for nicknames each year? Uh, New names? Typically, uh, one year we went with the Sandlot, so we had uh, Benny, uh, Hambino, Small, Squints, and... Uh, I cannot remember, but we, yeah, typically we, we try to go with the theme. I'm not sure what the theme will be this year yet. Uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be a little secret we're going to, yeah, yeah it's going to be a nice theme. We have about, we have around 10 slots we're looking to fill, so I want to make sure the theme fits the people. So I want to meet the people, see their personalities, and then I'll figure it out. Okay. So. Last year, merch came on, right? Yes. Tell us how Merch got his name. <laughs> so, uh, Merch's name was pretty simple. Um, he used to work in the merchandising department. <laughs> and uh, he, he worked at Turner Field. And he uh, came to me and said he had a passion to be a heavy hitter. And I said, hey, come out. And once he joined, we named him Merch. <laughs> That's right. Thank you. Of course. about some of the things that are happening in and around Atlanta over the next 10 days. If you're a movie buff, you won't want to miss the 42nd Atlanta Film Festival. Filmmakers, actors, and fans will gather to watch, interpret, and discuss 58 feature-length films and 150 shorts from 56 countries. The festival takes place over 10 days, running from April 13th through April 22nd in several venues around town, including the Woodruff Arts Center's Rich Auditorium and Dad's Garage. The festival opens on Friday, April 13th with the film Blind Spotting at the Plaza Theater. 
It's the feature film debut from director Carlos Lopez Estrada and stars David Diggs, who won a Tony for his role in Hamilton. Diggs co-wrote the film with his lifelong friend, Rafael Casal. It concerns the challenges of gentrification in the pair's hometown of Oakland, California. Diggs and Casal will both be on hand for the April 13th red carpet screening at the Plaza Theater in Midtown. The fest continues through April 22nd. The ticket prices for individual screenings are $10 in advance and $12 at the door, and all-access badges range from $75 to $750. To get more info and to see the complete lineup, go to atlantafilmfestival.com. Alliance Theater is staging two one-act plays by the company's Mellon Playwright-in-Residence, Pearl Clegg, during the Alliance's season on the road. The organization's regular home is being renovated right now. The plays, Hospice and Pointing at the Moon, are separated by 30 years, but are connected by the presence of the character Jenny Anderson. First performed in 1983, the award-winning Hospice explores Jenny's longing to understand her mother. In Pointing at the Moon, we catch up with Jenny 30 years later, following the 2016 election, and it shows how her life and the world have changed in those decades since Hospice. These two plays offer a look at a playwright in dialogue with her younger self. That's Hospice and Pointing at the Moon by Pearl Clegg, presented by the Alliance Theater at the Southwest Art Center through April 15th. The ticket prices range from $10 to $75, and you can find those and more info at alliancetheater.org. You know spring is in full swing when it's time for the annual Atlanta Dogwood Festival. This year marks the 82nd year for the city's longest-running fest, and, as always, there will be plenty of artists and craftspeople on hand. You'll find more than 260 artists from around the country exhibiting in 12 categories, including painting, glass, clay, wood, and mixed media. One of my favorite parts of the event is the Disc Dog Competition. The 2018 Disc Dog Southern Nationals Qualifier Tournament began at the Atlanta Dogwood Festival more than 25 years ago, with just 10 competitors as a one-day event. It's now a two-day event and has become one of the most prestigious canine sporting events in the South, and it's now a World Finals qualifier. And even before the competition gets underway, there will be demonstrations by these amazing four-legged athletes on Friday afternoon. The fest is also known for providing three days of live music in a wide range of genres, and it's all free. This year, the entertainment is headlined by Grammy-nominated Atlanta favorite Sean Mullins. He'll take the stage at 9 p.m. on Saturday, April 14th. That's the Atlanta Dogwood Festival, taking place April 13th through the 15th in Piedmont Park, and you can get all the details at dogwood.org. And there are several different ways to indulge your nostalgia over the coming 10 days. First up, there's OMD, also known as Orchestral Maneuvers in the Dark, the pioneering synth-pop duo which turns 40 years old this year. They're touring behind a new album, The Punishment of Luxury, and you can catch them at center stage on April 10th. For those whose nostalgia is a little more country-flavored, you can see Alabama at the Fox Theater on April 13th, 14th, and 15th. See how many of the band's 43 number one country singles they can get through during this three-night stand. Those tickets are $36 to $146. If you're craving some R&B-flavored nostalgia, the Commodores will be at the Fred, a.k.a. the Frederick Brown Jr. Amphitheater in Peachtree City, on April 13th. Lionel Richie isn't part of the group anymore, 
The hits, though, from Brick House to Easy, are still some of the best and most memorable of the 70s and early 80s. For more things to do around Metro Atlanta, head to accessatlanta.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith, podcast edited by Ryan Horn, music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta. AJC Access Atlanta is sponsored by Northside Hospital Cancer Institute, built to beat cancer. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, The Monica Pearson Show. When you look at what you've become, what has it cost you? Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most powerful influencers, as you've never heard them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.